Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Lemonade Magazine podcast. It's been a little while. Uh, we're back, though. We, we, we mentioned we'd be back uh, near the summer. Today, I have a very special guest on the show. It is uh, Calista Wu, better known as Callie Star, her, her pop name. How's it going, Calista? It's going well. It's a busy time, May. I, it, May flew by so quick, though. I feel like it's June in, like, what? What are we at? Week. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about it, though. So May has been a busy month for you. Uh, how, how's like you're in L.A., right? I am. Well, I technically Orange County, but I have an office space in L.A., so I'm back and forth. Cool. So how have how things been? How have you been enjoying? I don't even know. Like up here, it feels like the summer has, even though I know it's not technically summer yet, but, you know, it feels like it's been a little while for it to get in gear. Uh, how's, how's life down there? How's the weather? You know, I don't spend that much time outdoors, if I'm honest. So, and most of the time I'm in the car. So it just feels like pretty temperature controlled. Um, but yesterday I did um, have an event for Hate is a Virus. Um, I'm the general counsel, which is like the chief legal officer, I guess, um, for a nonprofit called Hate is a Virus. And we had an event um, at Apple, at the Apple campus in Culver City. And that was outdoors for their, for the uh, Asian Pacific group at Apple. And they were kind of raising money and bringing awareness to different um, nonprofits and causes and small businesses during Asian Pacific American Heritage Month. So I was outdoors for a bit and it was pretty sunny. So I think I got a little bit more tan. I always remember when I was down in, in Napa, it would have been in October years ago. And I, somebody asked me like going down an elevator, like, how is your, how's your day going? I'm like, how can you complain? It's so beautiful outside. And they were like, it's always beautiful here. <laughs> so, oh. <no> thank you. <laughs> I spend a lot of time indoors or like in the metaverse. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's my, a lot of my job is, is uh, in metaverse or used to be, especially so. Um, yeah, so I totally get that. But uh, now you mentioned, though, uh, working for Hate is Virus, you have several nonprofits I know that you work with. Uh, tell us a little bit about your work there and uh, what you do with them. Sure. So I think the one where I'm on the team is Hate is a Virus. I'm, I'm, I volunteer, actually. So as a lawyer, um, I left the law firm life in 2020, end of 2020, to start my entertainment company, Kelly Star Entertainment, and to pursue music again as the pop artist Kelly Star. I had done music before law school, um, as you know, as my name, Calista Wu, and was working with different artists, um, ghostwriting, singing, songwriting, um, had my own EP that I released. And um, I think I have just always been pretty plugged in with the Asian American community or with different causes, um, whether it's faith-based or different orphanages, um, whatever it is that I kind of have a heart for, a passion for, I've just sort of kept in touch, kept a pulse on things and, and wanted to help out. And so um, when I was a lawyer uh, working in law firms, I started getting a little bit more uh, notoriety, more success as I climbed the ranks and um, started making all those lists um, that lawyers make when they get more senior. And I started getting asked to be on boards so um, or different you know, councils. Um, so I do 
a lot with uh, different causes. So um, the Performing Arts Center in Orange County, I'm involved with them. I'm involved with my church in Orange County as well. Just had a meeting with them today, um, looking over their finances and the, approving the budget for the next year. Um, and I do a lot for like diversity in the law um, and then a lot for the Asian American community. Um, and also for um, causes like Liberty in North Korea. Um, I, I think at one point I was on like 12 different like or boards or or things like that but um my main one right now is hate as a virus where i'm volunteer general counsel and i'm also on the board of directors for asian americans advancing justice la and both of them are pretty big in terms of serving the asian american community well and that's you know something one of the my, the yeah, or my my business partner here one of my good friends aaron minari he's japanese american and so this is always a time especially for the magazine that is you know that's why i'm actually very glad to be able to talk about this to your new single we're going to be talking about in a little bit um, that also has a tie-in with this month as well. Um, but before we get to that, uh, I do. You mentioned also your law background. I know you you, know, you, you say and then you started to get into music. Um, but when was it that you decided? A lot of people, obviously, when they're young, you know, it's like I want to do this, I want to do that, and you know, these are two very exciting jobs for that matter. Um, but how did those worlds intertwine? And it, like, how what was the origin story of uh, Kelly Star? That's very interesting because when I was little, I knew I wanted to be both a singer and a lawyer. So <laughs> I would tell people I'm going to be a singer and a lawyer. I remember when I started a new middle school in sixth grade, it's a private school, and I had a math class, math teacher named Ms. Disney, and I love Disney. So growing up, that was like my dream and it still kind of is to like sing for a Disney film. Um, but she was saying like, introduce yourself, your name, what you want to be when you grow up. And I said, hi, my name is Callista. I'm new to the school. When I grow up, I want to be a singer and a lawyer. And everyone laughed. And I did not understand why that was funny. And even the teacher, she was really, really sweet. I think she was like, oh, I can see it now. Uh, we'll have Callista sing her closing argument to the jury. And I was like, completely like, dumbfounded as to why that like people thought that was funny and so then I started realizing oh maybe those two things like don't really go together um but you know I think I've always been sort of hmm, like if somebody said you need to do x I would challenge that so or you cannot do y then I'd be like well then watch me so um that's just kind of been my personality since I was younger <laughs> Uh, that's great. And it, it's funny whenever you when you say those two don't go together. And then I think about the show Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, where she was a lawyer and also she sang. So there you go. You know, <laughs> she did. And I think when that show came out, um, I'm just laughing right now because like they're one of their, the songs that is like my favorite song is the song Don't Be a Lawyer, which I like play <laughs> sometimes when they're like saying they want to be a lawyer. Um but my friend actually who uh, is a lawyer as well um james toma when that show came out i think was mayor of west covina at that time and i had like interned when i was in law school at the california attorney general's office where he was working and so so funny so funny how worlds collide that is incredible because of course west covina it's synonymous with crazy ex-girlfriend so yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now, uh, we, we spoke a little before this about how Kara Connolly is actually who recommended that we uh, have a, an interview here for the podcast. And how do you know Kara? Kara is like one of the, she's obviously a very, very good friend of Lemonade Magazine. So how do you guys know each other? 
Oh, I'm just so lucky that she and Joy are um, my PR team. So I know they're pretty, pretty selective with who they work with, but I just got really blessed. I got connected to them through another um, PR uh, person. And um, I think the fact that they're both artists themselves and, and they sort of resonated with me and what I'm trying to do and what I'm about. So I've just been really blessed. I worked with um, Kara on my last single release. And so it's really refreshing to be able to work with her and to have her in my corner and just brainstorm and kind of the fact that like she knows what it's like as an independent artist. And she also, you know, does acting. She's so talented. Like, I think it's really fun to collaborate with her. Yeah, no, Kara, we absolutely love Kara. And uh, she's, she really is the BFF of Lemonade Magazine. So, uh, Kara, if you're listening, we absolutely love you. And I'm probably going to be down in California in August. So hopefully we'll also get to meet up. But uh, now uh, we talked about the single, which we're going to be playing here as well. Um, now it's called Don't Give Up. Um, tell us a little bit about the single and uh, yeah, the meaning behind it and then uh, how it came, to, came about. Sure. Okay. So I wrote that song, Don't Give Up with my producer on that song, Enoch Lynn. And that was written at the time when I was transitioning during COVID um, from being full-time at a law firm and then taking that leap um, into becoming an independent musician and starting my own entertainment company, bootstrapping all of it. Um, I think with decisions like that, when you go from like having a paycheck and uh, being a little established in your career or a lot established, um, and then taking that leap of faith can be very, very daunting. Um, and I come from an immigrant background where my parents um, were both immigrants from Taiwan and they kind of pounded in me the idea of like stability, of like making safe choices uh, about kind of preservation, right? Um, and bringing honor to the family. And I think they, um, were very, very worried about me. And so I think there was a lot of things going on there where it's like financial fear, parental fear, like cultural fear. Um, can I even do this for like, and then just like societal boxes that I think that sometimes people get placed in. And then sometimes we believe that like those boxes are meant to be, and they, they have, to exist. So I think that story um, and like my arc, because I love anime and I love like storytelling. I think this like journey for me of taking that leap of like looking at my childhood dreams and seeing that like there's something I still have yet to do with my life and my calling and my talents to make a positive impact. Like that's what this song Don't Give Up is about. So it's about like looking at the dreams that you feel like you still have in your heart that maybe you were put on earth to do, and maybe you, you disqualified yourself or other people disqualified you. And, and what are those things? And like, and maybe if you look inside that there's going to be some strength or something that tells you that you shouldn't give up on it yet. And overcoming that fear with faith, faith in yourself, faith in the higher power, faith in your community to support you, whatever that might be, and just going for it. And then you mentioned that community, and obviously I'm not at a place where I can speak at all for that, you know, besides the, the people who I know. Um, but from, from, from your perspective, you mentioned, you know, the, the worries culturally, right? And, and um, what does that mean, you know, especially with, the, with the, the causes that you're a part of, what does that mean in conjunction with your career? And even what we've been through in the last few years, 
what has that meant, you know, in that community, at least in, in LA, you know, I know that's obviously where you're based right now. I think it's very layered. So I think, okay. So for me growing up, um, my parents thought that I should have a safe occupation, um, be able to take care of myself and the sacrifices that they did to kind of provide and establish themselves and, you know, live the American dream, um, were so that I could have stable income. I could have health insurance. I could, I would be okay. And they would feel like they had done their job to like leave a legacy where their children were going to be fine if something happened to them and we're going to make it in America, their new home, even though they've been here for a very long time now. Um, so I think there's that kind of texture. And then the, I guess the immigrant community growing up in ethnic enclaves is very much like, you know, you hear of tiger moms, you hear of comparison, you hear of those kinds of things. And my family um, wasn't really, um, I think, didn't really say that I needed to be X, Y, or Z. They never said you need to be a lawyer. They never said I need to be anything particular in particular, but maybe it was sort of the environment that I grew up in, the people that I had surrounded myself with, that feeling of I have to bring honor to my family and this is how you do it by going to this school or having this kind of job. So I think those are some cultural considerations underlying like the context, if at least for me and my generation and, and my age group. And then I think, though, combating that is this idea that that there needs to be more representation for Asian Americans in music. And that's kind of where I I've been, you know, I tossed my hat into the ring like I'm going to I'm going to take a stab at it because I felt that while I was doing law, focusing on law, some of my friends who were really engaged with being artists and representing Asian Americans and, and sort of holding the, the fort down, they were feeling burnt out. And there's a, a lot of lack of resources for, for just artists in general, right? Um, but I think people sometimes underestimate like how hard it is to be an artist and, and um, the, the type of support that um, is needed in order to, to break or make or keep going um, as an artist. And so with my involvement with the Stop Asian Hate movement, I realized, wow, like people, if I'm thinking optimistically, might not know who Asian Americans are. And maybe that's the reason why they're looking at someone and saying like, oh, you look like this, so you must be from China, go back to China or um, where are you from? No, where are you really from? Or like seeing somebody who looks Asian and like walking across the street from them because the, the assumption is that they um, carry something or that they're a foreigner. So I, I'm realizing like that culture is so important and like changing culture, affecting culture through your art um, is, is very important and hopefully through what I'm able to do and, and through what other people who are Asian American Pacific Islander and with them and their art, what we're able to do is like show people like, hey, we exist and we're not all the same and maybe it's gonna be okay. Like we, we grew up here and just get to know us maybe. Like, this is what we sound like. This is what we would sing like. Um, these are the things that we think of when we write our songs, like just get to know us. And so maybe we're not as bad as, or as scary as you might think. 
Well, and that's I think the thing that you bring. I wish that my 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 uh, my, my my good friend and my business partner wasn't so shy, and he would be on these interviews. Um, because it's something he and I always have these deep conversations about, you know, and um, we're both we're both children of immigrants, but very different backgrounds, obviously him being you know Japanese American. And I, you know, I, I know during COVID and during everything, you, the things you're saying, which are just, you know, I, I couldn't say anything to make him, you know, really to honestly to, to, to I wanted to make him feel better. Can't, it's, you can't, you know, and. Um, and you mentioned you touched on a few other things about having representation in music on TV. I mean, he's it feels like when he gets so excited to see that representation, you realize how small that is still. And so, you know, it's it's a, it's great to hear also, you know, that 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 you're seeing that down there and say, hey, this is where we need to change that. We need to see this more. And so, yeah, and it's excellent. And, and, and by the way, also, I want to point out as well that obviously you mentioned earlier, Kara uh, has a good ear for music, only picks certain arts. Uh, love your stuff. Absolutely love your stuff. And so I'm um, really excited to have you on here for all this. Um, and uh, I know I'm shifting gears a tiny bit here, um, but you did mention a little bit that you're also involved with Web3. Um, you yeah. yeah did something recently this week. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, okay. So I love learning. I love like innovation technology. Um, my first job out of college was a management consultant for like communications and high tech. And so I love like learning new information, um, just thinking about how to innovate and, and create right, and build communities, support communities. And so I, I feel like my exposure to Web3 has, has been a journey of like learning, wow, there's so much there that I resonate with or that aligns with like the values that I have of like authenticity, of like um, community, of like innovation. Um, so I um, got very involved with a particular community um, the Izuki community. I have, um, well, my first Izuki, um, I named her Storm with a zero. And with Izuki and some other um, NFT projects, they give you a license if you, if you hold the NFT to use the IP. And as a lawyer, you know, I looked at the agreement. And I was like, okay, okay, this is good. Um, so I kind of, I just wanted to innovate in the space, right? Um, so I, had my Azuki Storm 3D modeled. I worked with a producer named Jai Lee and we made a song, I sang on it, um, kind of, and I loved being able to sing in like a different type of voice because um, I was singing as Storm and there's lore behind it. And then we animated with our friend, uh, Laura Abyss, like a two in, the, the song into a music video. So it's an animated, music video um, with a story and a song. And I turned that into an NFT with my dev team. Um, and it minted out in five minutes last week. Very, very cool. And it's interesting because uh, I actually answered my next question was going to be about the, the, uh, the uh, connection to the music because I, I noticed that, uh, that, that the music you did as Storm. And uh, we actually have another artist who's been on here, Ashley Strongarm. She's very much into the uh, Web3 movement as well. And she's uh, sold some NFTs. Now, obviously, and I'll, I'll be completely straight up here. I have been dabbling in, you know, Web3 for a long time, but especially now, you know, getting a little bit learning the whole NFT thing. As we know, it is a very hot button topic and a lot of people have different opinions about it. I, yeah. it, it te we tend to see though, 
that it's going down this route of that there are many more innovations and such, uh, especially for artists like yourself, where it's not ex exactly what people think it is face value. People see the board apes and they go, oh, I can just copy and paste that as my avatar or whatever. You know, it's not exactly like that. It'd be like saying I can just take a picture of the Mona Lisa and I suddenly have a Leonardo da Vinci in my house. Um, it doesn't work like that. But tell us a little about your thoughts on where this can go uh, with that, uh, with, with, with Web3. Yeah, I mean, so what I wanted to do was just to like see what I could do. Um, so with that project, right, it was like my first step into making my own project. I have actually helped launch other projects and I advise for other projects. I also do collaborations and like partnerships for some uh, projects. I also mod for some communities. So I'm very, very active in the space. Um, <laughs> but this one was my, my, like, my step. Like right. I wanted to represent me. So what I wanted to do was make it a free mint and only a hundred supply. Um, because I want to just show people that I'm not about like just taking profits or taking money. And I'm here to just like inspire other people or just to be like, this is what I, this is what like I want to do. Like, let's all innovate. Let's all make stuff with our IP. Let's all like grow together. And I picked like the hundred people, um, that I wanted to have my NFT. Um, so this, if, if, um, seeing the future of this, like, ideally I would like to continue to make, um, more of these for storm and then continue to maybe partner with other characters, right? Like across different communities. So maybe with the clone X or maybe, you know, with another NFT project, um, and just continue to partner and build and just to, yeah, like just continue to innovate, whatever that looks like. So what I like about, um, this, these music video NFTs is like, um, I think people can display them like in their space pod, for instance, or their loot pod or their NFT galleries, like in the metaverse. And it looks like a TV, it looks like, you know, yeah. like he's playing. Um, so the, the small picture with my project is to do more of what I just did and, and keep it fresh and keep it innovative and partner and collab with other people. But um, a larger thing that I would like to do is if there is demand, because I do think a lot of music NFTs have yet to be fully developed or explored in that space. And a lot of people are curious as to like how that's gonna play out. Um, eventually for me, I would like to have a project where I can have art and be able to have that at a low mint price for people that I've met who, who are really talented in um, other countries who might not have access to uh, the same resources that we do in like LA, for instance, might not have the same connections or might not have the package like, you, you know, to, to um, or the look, right? So they can hopefully perform as their avatar um, and do different things that maybe I will have setups to empower and enable people to create. So to equalize music um, and to figure out a way where um, it's not just me taking money from, from people, but it's like a way where we can all kind of come up together and um, yeah, just sustain ourselves or continue to sustain so that we can make more art. So that is my, uh, without revealing too much, that is my hope, bigger picture. Well, that's excellent. And it's one of those things where I think, you know, people all have their opinions about the certain, you know, the, the negatives they see in it. My feeling is you got to walk before you fly, right? So we're all figuring stuff out even in this space. And, 
And at the end of the day, I, you know, maybe, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I see it also as this opportunity. We've seen artists, there's been this transitional phase where we went from, you know, uh, um, tangible music, right? So CDs, cassettes, all that to the streaming, you know, where, yeah, everybody has a chance to make some money, but it's a smaller amount of money for the most part, you know, because of how uh, saturated the market is. And we've seen now songwriters going from being people making, you know, easy salaries, you know, when they're a good songwriter <laughs> per month to now, you know, hardly making what every everyday, you know, uh, American might make. And I feel like this is almost sense where artists will have a chance to kind of get back in control again, where they're going to be able to kind of innovate and change their, you know, future and maybe even and really start to market themselves too in a different way as artists and, and, and hopefully get a piece of that pie. Is that something you see as well for this space that it just gives something a little extra to artists? Yeah, I do. But at the same time, so I'm, I think I'm, very, very, and I just did like an interview on a crypto podcast and I talked at length about my opinions about Web3, but I really, really respect the space and the people in the space and how massive and unknown it is still. And so I think the people who do best in Web3 are people who come in trying to really understand the people who are already in it, the native web three people and the native web three landscapes and projects and aren't thinking per se of just coming in and taking a piece of the pie or coming in and like making money as like a different income stream or revenue stream. Because I think those types of people don't do that well in web three. I think the people who come in to, and are really trying to just understand the space and then see how they can add value to the people and things already in there with their art, I think probably do better um, in terms of vibing with the community and minting out and sustaining communities, right? Um, instead of just maybe um, generating hype, minting, out, out maybe their project or, or not and then like leaving um and then because i think a lot of people in the space have expectations as holders if they're paying money for an nft like there should be some utility right at least that's the meta now um and people the holders are really looking for like communities and, and more things that they get to unlock as like holders of the NFT, they almost look at it like they're, you know, investors in a startup, right? They want to see like how that's going to come back to them in some way. So I think I would just caution people to, um, if they're going to make an NFT, make sure you're doing it with people who really understand the space um, before just diving in and thinking like, oh, I have a following um, in Web2. Like, of course, I'm going to sell out a project in Web3. Um, it's not always the case. No, that's good advice. Cause yeah, that's definitely, you know, obviously it's great to hear your expertise there because um, you know, what I know from NFTs is a very different side of things, obviously, which is just the buying of, you know, and, and I haven't really been involved in the rest, you know, besides obviously crypto before that. Um, and I know that probably for any friends are listening, I have a lot of friends who hate it and they're going to sit there and go, Oh God, we didn't even know he was into that. I don't talk about it much, but I do, but it is something that, you know, is very interesting to me. And I love hearing somebody else's point of view. So thank you for uh for, uh, you know, filling us in there to what you think. Yeah. And of course I have to say like not financial advice, not legal advice, like do your right. research, like that kind of thing. Um, this is just my perspective. Like there's so many different, um, like, I don't know, groups, subsets. There's so many different communities within communities, within communities, within web three. Um, I, 
I do feel like I'm tapped into quite a few projects because I'm, you know, always maxed out at the 200 Discord servers and I'm like on Twitter, like, um, you know, I, 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 I am pretty plugged in through my friends who run projects and mod projects and, you know, um, have their own projects and, and I kind of get a sense of like what's gonna do well and what's not. Um, but um, you know, the, the market always surprises you and it moves so fast. So yeah. what's what works now might not work in you know tomorrow. No, absolutely not. Yeah, again, like I said, great, great advice, great to hear your side of it. And um, yeah, well, I know next we have, uh, by the way, I want to apologize to everybody as well. I know you and me talked about it before we started this, but uh, I am on my secondary computer. I made a total rookie mistake and I have Windows update going on my main computer. So if you're hearing little sounds, that's uh, my laptop that I have no idea how to control that right now. Um, so bear with us. But um, now we're going to go back to the single, though, obviously, which we're going to be playing now here. Uh, so why don't you uh, introduce it? Sure. Yeah. Um, the single is called Don't Give Up by me, Callie Starr, and produced by Enoch Lynn, written by me and Enoch. And I'm very, very excited about this song. It means a lot to me. I've had to listen to it plenty of times to encourage myself to not give up, even after writing it. Um, but there's a very special music video that I hope that people enjoy that comes out on Friday, May 27th at midnight um, Eastern time. And it was directed by Ron Yuan. It tells the story of me um, and uh, some of the activism or community work that I do, as well as my friend Teresa Ting, who is an actress, martial artist, and also uh, started Main Street Patrol, which is a nonprofit that um, during COVID and the rise in anti-Asian violence and sentiment um, started escorting the elderly home in Flushing, Queens. And so these are um, organic stories and um, real people and we try to show our heart and um, it's about solidarity unity um, coming together to with empathy to understand each other and i think the music video um, seems like it has you know a unifying like solidarity message but the song i actually wrote um, before and it's it's bigger than than anything to do with race um, it is it really has to do with like dreams and hopes and humanity Where are we going from here? The future seems so unclear Nobody knows what's in store Until they step through that door They tell me to go, don't let it show Try. They 
So that was Don't Give Up by Kelly Star. Of course, I like every time that Kara's on the show, we always joke and say how, of course, you know, post-production, we put the song in. So we just have this weird moment of silence while the music is supposed to start. Um, but that was Don't Give Up. The uh, uh, Yeah, absolutely love the song, Kalissa. And, uh, you know, also, um, I, I want to point out as well, um, you mentioned the metaverse earlier, which is, I know, part of the whole Web3 thing. But um, kind of before we be, before we leave here, um, are, is there anything else? I know there's a lot of projects out there, maybe to tie into Web3, but uh, is there any other projects you're working on in a sense in the metaverse uh, right now that, because uh, there's lots of, we, we always hear about, you know, all the things that are going on. Anything else you're working on in that regard? Yeah, yeah. So I, um, I co-host a show for the Zuki community called Red Bean Soup. And that's with some of my um, other co-hosts Mondays at 5 p.m. Pacific. And I also advise and work on several projects uh, at once. So I think the one that I can talk about right now is a 24-7 comics, which was founded by my friend and mentor and big brother, uh, Carl Choi. And it's amazing because he's been working with different comic book artists, like amazing ones, like very, very well-known, um, well-respected comic book artists for the past two years to create multiple um, comic book content um, stories and, and series. And that is going to be playing out in the Web3 space. So it's still early. Um, I think we've just filled up our OG roles in the Discord server to lock Discord. I um, mean, teasers are coming out. So 24-7 Comics is um, probably the next one that I'm going to be focusing on. Very, very cool. It's good to hear that. And uh, yeah, again, thank you so much for being on the show. It's uh, been excellent to have you on and uh, always love meeting somebody new. I feel like throughout these last few years, we've had a bunch of people who are friends of the show on because it's just easier when everybody wasn't releasing stuff and, you know, just have people come on and just chat. So great to have somebody new, have a new face. We're definitely going to have you back on in the future if you'll uh, be so kind to join us as well. So yeah, thank you so much, Calista. I would love it. Thank you, Brandon. It'd be my honor. Maybe I can do a thing where like uh, Kara pops in too. And like, can you know what? She's never turned that down before. We've had, <laughs> we've, uh, we've had Teddy Gold on and she's come on as well as uh, Kati Music. So yeah, lots of great stuff there. So I would love to have both of you on. But uh, yeah, and everybody as well, we're going to have all the links to uh, Kelly Starr's music and everything that she provides us. We'll have that in the description of this podcast. So make sure you check that out. And uh, thank you so much again, everybody, for tuning back in. Thanks for sticking with us. I know that these last few years have been crazy on and off, and we're getting things back kicking again. So I'm glad to kick it off with Callie Star. So, yeah, thank you, everybody, for tuning into the show this week. And uh, we'll be back soon with more music and new guests. All right. Later. Thank you. <laughs>